Now we want to continue to look at these four horsemen. We've looked at the first one, one whose character is that of a conqueror going out to conquer, uh, who operates by the strength of his own ability to overcome. He rides a white horse to give the picture of legitimate authority, but he really only has the crown, the Stefanu, of uh, his own activities. And he uses a bow and is in type like the founder, Nimrod, the founder of the city of Babel, which opposes God and is therefore in line with the type and shadow of that great evil kingdom depicted in Daniel 7 as a kingdom that crushes and devours the whole earth, a kingdom defined as one with a beast with seven heads, uh, rather beast with ten horns in Daniel and uh, Revelation adds seven heads uh, to complete the picture of this beast. And it's where we're going. I, I want, when, I, when we get there, we'll unpack what this systemic kingdom is and who is the little horn and uh, what is the role of the prostitute who rides on it, being the false representation of God. But before we get to all of that, uh, being, being an inappropriate and false counterfeit that pretends to represent God, and that those being the primary devices uh, by which the enemy hopes to oppose the saints as the age comes to a close. Now, I want to, to say again, as I have said numerous times before, it is not the first iteration of these things. They have been in the earth since creation, since the enemy appeared in the garden, but they have taken on a progressive form, but what is unmistakable about them is that they are identifiable by the sameness of the spirit that they represent. These are all of a satanic character and the kingdom of darkness is reflective of the cunning and craftiness of the demonic conceit that formed a kingdom for the entrapment of human beings. Now because they are invisible, as all spirits are, even the human spirit is invisible, they are only knowable by by the signature of that spirit, so to speak. Uh, Anything that is is invisible is only, known for, is only known to exist by the effect they have. You know, the wind is invisible. How do you know the wind is? And in fact, uh, the word for spirit is even the word pneuma or wind. Spirit is invisible. How do you know a uh, wind is invisible? How do you know that it exists? Well, it moves things around in its path. You can't see it but you can, not without instrumentation, but it moves things in a certain way. For example, it moves the clouds in a certain direction, it affects the birds, it, it, it affects the trees and so on. These are simple and yet profound um, 
statements of the truth. God didn't hide things so completely that they can't be known. But a person who is approaching the realm of prophetic symbolism, looking in a linear direction and interpreting from a domestic point of view, there's no chance they have of understanding what it means. It cannot be understood that way. That's why the scriptures say that the carnal mind is enmity against God and therefore cannot understand anything related to the realm of spirit. These four horsemen come at a time that coincides with the prophecies of Jesus concerning events upon the earth, what things will happen during the time known as birth pangs upon a pregnant woman. We identify these four horsemen as spirits and we associate what they are able to do to what Jesus said would be the conditions of the earth. So finally, in, in the last reference here to the rider on the white horse, conquering and being conquered and coming as he is upon a white horse and having a crown based in his own cunning, guile and accomplishments, this spirit brings into the earth a time of deception, a time of deception. One might even say a post-truth era where there are, quote, alternative truths or alternative facts. His modus operandi is deception and with deception he conquers like a hunter disguises himself with a bow in order to strike from a hidden place. It seems to me that you can't make the argument that this rider, this spirit, this conniving, deceptive, hidden, ambushing spirit is now here. Now all of these things, once they appear on the scene, they will increase the force and range and effectiveness of what they've come to do. So while deception is like a foundational piece and people are in an environment where they can't know the truth because of deception. And by the way, the only way to know the truth is to have fellowship with the person of the truth. I am the way and the truth and the life. That person is the Lord Jesus Christ whose spirit lives within you and places you in the Father as He is in the Father. We are in the Father, Father is in us like He was in the Father, the Father. So we are not to be subject to deception. We should know the truth and the truth will set us free. We love the light, we walk in the light and therefore we are not going to be deceived. So we are not subject to this operation of the rider on this white horse, we are not. But only if you keep your eye on 
the Lord and only if you understand what the Spirit is saying to the church. If you fall into the trap of offering linear opinions about what's going on, you will be as devoured as you will attempt to devour others by your reasoning. And that's exactly the effect of a second horseman. And here he is. I heard the second living creature say, Come and see. By the way, each of the living creatures speaks to introduce each of these uh, demonic forces controlling the activities of men and defining the behaviors of humans in mass upon the earth at that time. Another horse, fiery red, went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. Again, you note, it's permitted. You must understand that none of these activities can be undertaken apart from God granting permission. These creatures, like the four angels, and I, I wonder about the connection between the two, the four angels, later on in Revelation 6 I believe, who are bound by the great river Euphrates, who were then, the command was given to loose them, you understand that demons and the demonic and the kingdom of darkness that represents the compendium of their efforts to attract men away from God by this deception, you understand that they are restrained by God but there's a time when the restrainer does not restrain. But what we're noticing is the lack of restraint doesn't come suddenly, it's gradual. That's why we have such an increase in lawlessness and wickedness. No, it's not a function of things being more thoroughly reported and covered. We genuinely live in different times. You can't tell me that you don't know or feel in your soul that we are living in different times. If you, if you feel that way, you are in a, in, a, in a such a minority. You stop anybody on the street, don't tell them what you're asking, just ask them, do you think times have changed since you were around? <laughs> People look at like, you like you're crazy. We hear people now on the news and in public um, media routinely saying, this is not like anything I have ever seen in my lifetime. That's what's on everybody's mouth, on everybody's lips. So, these four demonic or five demonic spirits coming forth on four horses, their character, their modus operandi, their practice are all firmly identifiable 
as the ways, the means and the methodologies of the kingdom of darkness. They operate behind the scenes. The, the white horse operates, the ride on the white horse operates through deception. How does the rider, rider on the red horse operate? It's this. Let's read the whole piece, verse 4, and then let's identify how he operates. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. Okay, so that's a result. Peace will be taken from the earth. And that people, which is an insert by the uh, translators, and it's not an illogical insert, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. How does he accomplish taking peace from the earth? Again, they're invisible. So there's not a time when a figure will come forth in some global capital on a, right, on a red horse or come riding, thundering across the sky like the old cowboy song, Ghost Riders in the Sky says, it's not that, they're invisible. How are you going to see them uh, when they're here, when they're operating? By their activities. As these activities are manifested among human beings, how does he take peace from the earth? by turning people against each other. It's the people who kill one another. Now, certainly a component of this people killing one another is by wars and rumors of wars. That's the great sword the primary instrument of war in the time when this was written. So he's given a great sword, which means he's given power to move nations toward war, to actually engage in war, and to spread the rumors of wars. What we're not noticing right now, while we're, our heads are turned toward the coronavirus, is how close to war the United States is with China because of the clash of their interests. This is not so much an ideological war, communism against uh, democracy, this is a war for market share. In fact, the war is already going on by sanctions and the responses of sanctions. It hasn't yet come so openly to people killing one another. However, this connection of this spirit 
to the prophecies of Jesus about the birth pangs on a pregnant woman, Matthew 24, uh, Mark, 20, uh, Mark 13, Luke 22 and 23, that connection is this, and brother will turn against brother, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of most will become cold. A man's enemies will be they of his own household. If you hate your brother without a cause, you've already committed murder in your heart. So what is this spirit? What is this spirit that results in in bloodshed, in the death of mankind? What is it? The rider on on the red horse. We talked about the manner in which he operates, by the sword through wars and conquest and, 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 and the like, but what is the name of this spirit? Simple, spirit known as division. Division. People will kill one another. That's the ultimate expression of division. Tell me something, would you say today in the earth we are united as one nation under God here in the United States? Would you say among the nations we are all sitting around the campfire proverbially singing Kumbaya? No, we're in a time of the fiercest competition between nations for power and position. And you know what? It's only going to get worse. Why? Because now we are competing for resources. We are competing in an environment of growing scarcity for resources. And every motivation lies in the hearts of men for their personal survival. They will kill each other. So that's how you know the spirit characterizes the rider on the red horse has come. And he's come as the rider on the white horse has already come. We are longing for the days of yesteryear. We talk about nations returning to a period of time when they were once great. But in spite of all the clamor and claim, and this is by no means a political statement, I don't care about the politics of nations, I care about informing the people of God about these prophetic symbols and signs so they're not caught up with the world that is perishing, even as it is caught up, unawares in these massive forces moving through the earth at this time. But the idea of returning to post or or pre-pandemic existence 
is a desire so strong that people can taste it. And I wish I could join the chorus and say, yes, we'll soon be back where all the restrictions are lifted and so on. And the restrictions will be lifted, don't misunderstand me. And I'm not commenting about whether the restrictions should have been put in place before or they should now be lifted or how long they should last. That's none of my concern. I don't have an opinion about these things. I don't want to have an opinion about these things because it doesn't matter and it simply distracts from the focus of warning and informing the people of God in a difficult time. So he takes peace from the earth by turning people against each other and therefore the second spirit is that of division, the first spirit is the spirit of deception. Deception is the rider on the white horse, division is the rider on the red horse. We already know what the rider on the pale horse is, it's called death and hell. But let's look at the third of these riders. He opened the third seal and I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. This fourth creature, this fourth spirit is called scarcity, scarcity. Uh, It was uh, in World War II, Stalin used famine as a weapon of war to subjugate the Ukrainians. Ten million, this is one of the untold stories of the Second War and and in fact of the Russian hegemony over Ukraine that followed. 10 million Ukrainians were murdered by Stalin using food scarcity as an instrument. All three references are to some idea of food and it was a quart or a measure is what it says in Greek, a measure of wheat for a day's wage, a denarius was typically a day's wage, a measure of wheat for a day's wage, it's the English term quart, and three quarts of barley for a day's wage. In other words, you work your whole day to have a meal. Now again, this isn't so much 
about economics as it is the use of food as a weapon to compel conformity to a mindset that is being brought forth on the earth through the agency of this great beast that is emerging in the earth, this systemic kingdom. The early actors to herd humanity toward that common direction in which they appear to have no alternative are these four horsemen, these four spirits. So for a moment, leave off thinking about them as horsemen and think of them as spirits because this kingdom characterized as this beast of seven heads and ten horns has, a, has certain spirits to it. And here I'm not talking necessarily about evil spirits but I'm talking about the methodologies that are used, that, 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 are, that are concentrated in the reference to these riders on the horses. A, so for example, you could say it's a spirit of murder, it's a spirit of uh, division, it's a spirit of deception, this is a spirit of fear, and it's the fear of scarcity, the fear of lack. It takes us all the way back to the original deception of Satan when he came into the garden and said, in effect, is there anything to eat around here? And how mankind was relegated to toiling and by the sweat of his brow supplying what he needed because he had turned away from tending the garden to uh, agreeing with his enemy. Tending the garden then is a metaphor for simply being a custodian of the economy that God gives you. The alternative to that is the sweat of your brow and it provides a potent weapon for herding people into a common direction where they may be controlled in the aggregate by the systems of this kingdom. These four horsemen are like the four harbingers of a time and season that is to culminate with all mankind being forced to take a position either in the kingdom of darkness or in the kingdom of God. Needless to say, my brethren, the great emphasis now in the kingdom of God is about bringing forth a mature people. Their maturity is that they trust God, they have faith in the living God. That is what declares one as mature. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. We've already touched the rider on the fourth horse and he now perfects that which was originated by the rider on the third horse, which produces scarcity and scarcity leads to hunger and death 
and one of the ways of death is by beasts of the earth. That is the doorway into the understanding of the fourth beast. It's not talking about people being devoured by uh, predatory animals. It's talking about people being devoured by the ultimate predator who comes as the fourth in a sequence of four, three of which have already come and been on the earth. I want to connect this now so that in the next set of messages we can look at how this, these four horsemen headed people toward, by by the use of fear, headed people toward entrapment in the systemic order of this great beast. The four horsemen again are four spirits. The first is the spirit of deception, the second is the spirit of division, the third is the spirit of scarcity or lack and the fourth is the spirit of fear characterized by death and hell. These spirits will begin to be undisguised, plainly visible in the activities among mankind and in the control that they will subsequently exert over mankind. We are in the preliminary stages of that which is to come. You can't go back, there is no going back. It doesn't depend on you or the collective human goodwill. Times have come out of the heavens unto the earth. It's imperative that you understand the times and you know what God is saying. It's the only way of moving through that which has now come. Birth pangs on a pregnant woman, leading to the birth of a fully grown man in the image and likeness of Christ, for and to the glory of God. Remember that, this isn't about terror and fear and dread, it's about the earth yielding up that for which the earth was originally established. We'll continue on to discuss the beast the next time. Grace and peace be with you. I hope these messages are bringing peace to you, not by hiding things under the rug, sweeping things under the carpet, but by bringing them into the light so that you may know what you're facing, but also that you may know the comfort that God has already meant to give you by these prophetic utterances, because these are meant as the the hidden manna, the children's bread, that was laid aside for you from since the ages began. So therefore may grace and peace be with you.